0: It's your Wednesday Daily Delivery. I'm Michael Rand. Happy to be back for another day. Strange week with the uh, holiday right in the middle of the week. Decided to take yesterday off. Um, Had a good time with family. Hope everybody else did as well. But back today and the rest of the week, obviously, with a good show. Alexander Madison, Vikings running back. Ostensibly the starting running back now for the team after the release of Dalvin Cook. Will join me here in just a few minutes to talk about the upcoming season, to talk about all the work he's doing this off season with several different camps, three different locations. I talked to him um, just a few days ago right at the end of last week. He was getting prepared to do a set of camps in San Bernardino in California where he grew up. He's already done a three-day camp here in Minnesota, and he's got another one coming up in Boise where he went to college in just a couple weeks here. So a busy off-season for someone who figures to play a critical role for the Vikings, and I hope you enjoy um, the conversation I have with him because I, just, I found him to be a very interesting and engaging person and player. So look forward to that here in just a few minutes with Alexander Madison from the Vikings have a Bally Sports North and Twins point that I need to make at the end of the show, something maybe I didn't articulate quite well enough in a post I wrote a couple days ago, so I'll get to that in the end of the show. Some Twins thoughts here in a minute. First, though, what did I miss? This is truly a what did I miss because with the holiday and no show yesterday, didn't get a chance to talk about the Anthony Edwards extension. Just two points I want to make on his contract. Um, the fact that when you see the contract finally laid bare, you see it out there, you know what it was going to be. We knew what the terms were probably going to be approximately because if it was a max deal, all these numbers are already figured out ahead of time. So there was no surprises in it. Nothing really changes about future projections, except when you do see the number, when you actually put it on paper, when it's no longer a projection, it makes Next year's salary cap, not not this coming season, 2024-25, it makes that salary cap, it makes that reality come into focus even more because you look at it, you go to any of these salary cap tables, you see that now already, even before they re sign Jaden McDaniels, which we presume is going to be on a deal that averages at least $20 million a year. So let's give him a starting salary of about $20 million in starting in the 2024-25 season. They've already now got according to just according to the according to Spot according to that, they've got a hundred and forty six million dollars tied up in just four players. Three centers and a wing. Carl Anthony Towns, Rudy Gobert, Anthony Edwards, and Naz Reed. Now you sign Jaden McDaniels, that's going to add another probably twenty million dollars. You're already at $166 million for five players, and you don't even have a point guard you don't have a bench you don't have anything else you are way into the luxury tax we've known for a long time that something has to give especially if you know you want to have a point guard just makes the point clearer that a that is not a championship core those are not the those are not the four players that are going to lead you to the promised land i don't think i don't think that is a championship core i think you do know in your heart of hearts that you're going to have to trade one of those players and the most obvious candidate in there is Carl Anthony Towns and as i wrote the other day as i've talked about many times you need to do it now while his salary is much lower than it will be next season his salary jumps from like 36 million up to 52 million um so that's 16 million more in cap space if you trade him now you only have to quote unquote only have to match that 36 million dollars coming back and you can get some expiring money in there if you want. You need to do this deal right now, Tim Connolly. You do not want to wait until next year when you have to take back a lot more salary and when everybody in the world knows that you are going to have to make that deal and maybe after another year of proving that this combination of Towns and Gobert just does not work. Just look at it on paper. Look at it. It makes no sense to run this back this year. The Carl Anthony Towns trade has to happen not you know not has to has to happen there's no like deadline deadline but if you if you're talking practical sense if you're talking about future building if you're talking about the way the roster needs to work in order to have the ability to bring in other players of high caliber to build around Anthony Edwards this trade should happen this off season i don't think it's a trade deadline deal i think it's an off season deal you don't want to do this deal at the deadline this is a trade this is a this is a trade that should happen sometime in the next month towns is eligible to be traded as of Friday make it happen Tim Connolly this is something that will this will only help the team help the core give that core that new core one more year one extra year don't wait on this do not wait do it right now okay rant over let's talk twins for a few minutes here they get they've gotten healthy against the Royals in terms of the offense to Good wins these last couple days, still in first place now, although Cleveland playing better lately. They are tied in the loss column. They are just one game up on the Guardians overall. The Royals make everybody look better, right? They're, they're terrible. They're one of the worst teams in baseball this season. Uh, I don't think we can say definitively that all their problems are cured just because they put up some big numbers against Kansas City these last two days. More to the point, more to the frustration with this year's team in addition to the offensive inconsistency is the continuation of all the injuries. The latest soft tissue injury, Royce Lewis on the injury list for what looks like it's gonna be about six weeks with an oblique problem. That's the same kind of thing that sidelined Caleb Thielbar this year. Those obliques are tough, tough customers. That's a tough injury. Um and at some level you don't have a, a lot of control over injuries. We get that, but at some level, man. Seems like the Twins have a lot of injuries, doesn't it? Seems like this is a continued problem, even though they overhauled their training staff this year, handpicked a new guy to come in and revamp this training staff, still having a lot of these same injury problems, still having not your full strength out there. That, to me, is the biggest disappointment so far this season, in addition to the inconsistency, as they still can't seem to find a way to be consistently healthy. I know Buxton has been around for most of this season, but they've had to do it by basically wrapping him in bubble wrap and not playing him in the outfield, which diminishes his impact and effectiveness. Correa is playing through plantar fasciitis. So it's, it's good for him that he's able to play through it, but that is a lingering issue. Um, they've had so many other other problems in, 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 with injuries. I and mean, A lot of these pitchers that they've brought in, Brock Stewart is hurt right now. Um, you know, the Two starters that went down at the beginning of the year, made although he's back now and pitching well. And then, of course, uh, Tyler Malley out for the year. Like, they just, it's just a continuing, ongoing problem. It just would be nice if they could solve, to a degree, at least solve it, at least to a degree. Doesn't feel like it's gotten much better this season, and that is a big frustration, even as they take out their offensive frustration right now against the Royals. MGM Wine and Spirits is the choice for savings, service, and a great selection of spirits, pre-mixed cocktails, wines, and of course, ice-cold beers and hard seltzers. With over 30 locations throughout the Twin Cities and beyond, there's an MGM near you. Head to MGMWineAndSpirits.com to find a convenient location in your area. Get social. Follow MGM on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest news and trends. Make great moments with MGM Wine & Spirits, your locally owned and operated choice for over 50 years. Save time, save money. Shop MGM. All right. I'm really happy to be joined right now by Vikings running back Alexander Madison. Um while we talk right now, Alexander's out in San Bernardino, his hometown, out in California. He's doing a three-day football camp, but more than just that. So I want to ask you, Alexander, about that. And it's not just this; is not just. Uh, it's like you have a whole camp odyssey going on this summer. It's pretty cool. T- tell me, tell me just a little bit about all the camps you're doing this summer, football-wise and otherwise.
1: Yeah, so uh, with I am gifted, we are doing a three-day overnight camp. Um, this weekend coming up at Cal State San Bernardino, actually starting today. Um, but uh, this this summer, we you know we already did our three day overnight camp in Minnesota, which was a huge huge success for those kids. Um, we incorporate a lot uh, with the camps. It's just not about teaching football, but about teaching life skills and emphasizing the importance of mental health. Uh, we incorporate a ATG requirement and NCAA Clearinghouse Education Course. Uh, we incorporate the mental health uh, seminar, the NFL player one on one Q&A with some former and current players. And then we have the NIL uh, education piece that we're actually uh, starting this year. That is our first year doing that. But, you know, it's so new that these kids need to learn about, um, you know, how they can use their name and likeness as they try and make it to the next level. Um, and then we also have a social justice piece where we have an officer come by and give a presentation and do a Q&A as well. So we do a lot of things incorporating uh, life skills and, and emphasizing mental health uh, through I Am Gifted. And then um, the one camp that's still to come is in Boise, July 22nd. It's, right, That's one more that we're going to hit.
0: That's a lot, man. And it sounds like why? I mean, to me and to a lot of us, all of those things you mentioned are important. But sometimes when we think football camp, all we think is all we think is football, or we, you know, which is important too. How did you? Why was it important for you to include all of those other components in these camps you're doing?
1: It uh, was important for me because uh, I had a great mentor uh, by the name of Greg Bell, who was a great running back in the league, and um, I started going to his camps. I think I was in fifth grade fourth grade, maybe. And he had this model. So he's my mentor now taking me under his wing, kind of showing me the ropes and passing the torch um, of doing the three day overnight camp um, type of of method and understanding that it's not about what you do on the field, but what you can do in life and the person that you can be in life. And so learning that, you know, at an early age and uh, just understanding, you know, my parents didn't allow me to come home with Uh, less than a B. I couldn't go to practice if my homework wasn't done. Um, There's all all these components of my life that never pointed at the gridiron, never pointed at the field, but pointed at being successful in life. So I think that's a part of, you know, why I have attained this level of success and why I'm living out my dreams now is that, um, you know, the bigger picture wasn't just to make it to the NFL, but um, beyond that, the goals and, and setting myself up for success, and an attainable life beyond uh, what the field can provide.
0: Yeah, my colleague Chip Scoggins wrote a longer piece about you maybe a few years ago as you were kind of coming up with the Vikings. Um, some of that stuff was in it, you know, you know, straight A's and the, the emphasis on homework and not being able to practice if you didn't finish your homework, stuff like that. Your parent didn't always have the most money sounds like there's kind of some some challenges along the way but what what did you what did you learn from that upbringing especially you know in a place like san bernardino that there was you know there were some challenges there it's it's a it's a place that there are definitely some some challenges uh within that city and within that structure
1: yeah i think it taught me a lot about perseverance um taught me how to be resilient and really when you know when adversity strikes and when you face adversity you got to get up and keep going when you get knocked down in life, it's about how you respond to that. If you're going to get up, or you're going to lay down. And so, um, you know, seeing my parents navigate having three boys um, through, you know, an impoverished and, and, and crime written uh, city um, is it, definitely one of those things that kind of helps motivate you uh, to not only provide a better future for your family, for your future kids and all, uh, but to also help out in in Get my family out of that situation. And so I think that was a big motivational factor of why I really wanted to uh, make my dreams come true is because I knew that there was something bigger at stake, something that um, that I really wanted to pursue for a bigger purpose than myself. And so um, I think that's that's a part of this upbringing is that I think a lot of us in this in this city that have grown up in the city. We grow to want to live for more than just ourselves. There's a bigger purpose because um, I understand that at any moment or, you know, growing up in, in the city, I understood at any moment, you know, it could be taken away from me. So living for something that's bigger than myself and being uh, selfless is is something I feel like I really have taken away from uh, growing up.
0: And that's a great message. And obviously part of what you You know what you preach in your life and what you preach through these camps. I'm sure is some of those some of those lessons as well. Um, I think in that story I read too, and I think I've known this about you for a a while too. But you know, not just it wasn't just the homework component. Like you were taking a lot of the advanced classes. You became fluent in Spanish because you were in a dual immersion school. Like how how much is that? Like I don't. I wouldn't say that like necessarily surprises people, but like as you, you know, I think. There are some still stereotypes of NFL players where people might say, "Oh wow, that this is this is a person who's very well-rounded and I'm sure that serves you well just not just in life but on the field too."
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think that, you know, one of the biggest things for me um understanding, you know, even when I got to this point was that, you know, it doesn't ever stop. You know, it, we have to always fight a stigma when it comes to uh being a football player you know there's a stigma when you're in high school you know there, all the movies though that your stigma is that you're the jock with a letterman jacket walking around bullying kids and that's not the you know that's not the case for 90 percent of the student athletes right. out there um that we you know fail our classes or have someone do our classes for us um then you get to college you know there's the all the stigma there and then you get to the pros there's so many stigmas that you have to continuously fight. So, uh, for me, you know, I understand, I mean, I think it was a part of just, like I said, how I grew up, how my parents raised me. Uh, but at the same time for myself understanding where I had to separate myself, where I had to be better than the 90%. I had to set, set myself apart. So, um, you know, God blessed me with, you know, some pretty good, uh, brains and uh I try to preserve them as much as I can while playing, but using it to the best the best of my ability uh in school was was something that I took pride in. Um that's why I made sure I went back and got my degree after I, I left early. Um it, it's something that I know no one can take away from me. So yeah, I definitely think that it's 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 been really good for me to use that um in a positive light to to fight stigmas against you know what the average or normalized football player might be
0: like you said you left boise state early you really had nothing left to prove there after some really big seasons um there you got picked in the third round of the 2019 draft and when you came out i'm reading this quote you said you can only play as long as your body lets you and at this position you can't assume it'll last forever we're four years later you've just signed an extension with the vikings does that Does that quote ring even more true now that you're four years into an NFL career and kind of feeling the wear and tear and kind of how how the league even values running backs, which to me isn't really that fair all the time?
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's that's I mean, it rings so true. I mean, I've been blessed to be in a position where I'm still here and I sign back for another two and hopefully I can, you know, just continue to I mean, my my body feels great. um, So I'm aging well, which, you know. (laughs) some people that's not the case, you know? So I'm, I'm glad that that's, that's the case for me. But, um, that, that quote rings so true. I see all the time, you know, just the backs in my four years that we've had that, that we brought in and replaced and bought in and replaced. And it's, it's one of those leagues where it stands for not for long, you know, the yeah. NFL, if you think about it, um, that, the average of these position groups doesn't just come out of thin air. It's, it's real. um, It's a real life average. And there's guys that are playing, you know, Adrian Peterson, Frank Gore, that are playing 14, 16 years in the league. And, you know, the average is still lower than it was when I came in the league. So it's, it's pretty crazy to think about, like the average is going down. um, And, I'm still here, so it's a blessing. But yeah, that's that's one of those quotes where I didn't even I don't even remember saying that, but sure. I I must have had my head on straight and understood <laughs> a picture of everything.
0: You just turned 25 a couple of weeks ago. That's not that's not even old by NFL standards, but you start to hear like running backs getting getting told getting called you know old by the time they're 28, 29. Sometimes and we saw I think we saw the case of that with. You know, with with the guy who's been in the backfield with you for all four years you've been there, Dalvin Cook, and he just you know got released a couple weeks ago, perhaps opening the door for a bigger role for you. But how do you think of the big picture of that, Dalvin leaving at this point, you perhaps having a bigger opportunity, and just kind of what 2023 might bring for you?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things, uh, like you said, the, the running backs get the short end of the stick all the time. Um, I think the is we're very undervalued. Um, but uh, w- in in that case with him, I think you know with with the business of things, the NFL, the way it's going, with the the, the CBA and and uh, all of the the cap space and and all that stuff, it just comes down to business. Sometimes I think he's still one of the most elite backs in the league, still to this day. I don't think he's aging very great. I don't think he's aging bad at all. So, um, I think he's he's going to just continue to be the pro bowl, all pro running back that he is, um, going forward. Um, but I, I think, you know, for me, it's, it's a great opportunity for me to step in the the, the role and step in the limelight, the position that, um, I've always dreamt of being in, um, and just really just all the work that I put in, uh, to this point, all the work that, uh, I followed in his footsteps, putting in, you know, me and him side by side in that backfield challenging each other every day. Um, prepared me for the, a moment like this where I can have the opportunities to seize this, what's in front of me.
0: When you think about just, you know, you, this opportunity this year and kind of what, what you bring to the team when you, when you're at your best, how would you describe your running style, your playing style?
1: I live by uh, three words. I guess you can say four, if you put the, uh, and in there. Okay. But, Three three words to describe my running style, and that's because of my running back coach, Lee Marks, from from Boise State. Okay. Fast and physical.
0: Downhill, fast and physical?
1: Yeah, that is is what I've molded my game after um, going into college. I mean, there was backs like Jamal Charles, Adrian Peterson, Marshawn Lynch, who I watched going up. um, And to describe how I run how I you know I put it all together is downhill fast and physical violent knee drive and um that's that's one of the the things that I think kind of separates me a little bit um and the way that I just try and play play the game every single down do
0: you get the sense that Quasi, del Mensa, Kevin O'Connell your position coaches they appreciate that style and what you bring I mean obviously they I don't, they wouldn't have brought you back if they didn't like a lot about you, but do they like that, that element of, of kind of your, your running game?
1: Yeah. I would, I mean, yeah. Like you said, I would hope so, you know, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> definitely. Uh, but I, I, I definitely think so. You know, it rings true. And, and just, you know, the feedback that I've gotten from them from last year and uh, just how I want to even improve this year, but just always trying to finish forward, always trying to, you know, after contact finish yards forward after contact um the way that i play the game the way that i run is is definitely um built for and molded for doing that type of dirty work and doing that type of grind and so i take pride in that and i think that they value that so hopefully i can bring a lot of that to this team this year
0: alexander enjoying this conversation a couple more questions for you and then i will let you go with these busy uh, busy few days of your camp that you've got coming up as of when we're recording. Um, if you think about last year was such a such a strange I imagine fun in a lot of ways here you guys went 13 and four you you're know, winning all these crazy close games what what was it like to live that season and kind of experience it as a player because we you know we watched it we covered it as media members or fans watched it and kind of you know at edge of your seat fourth quarter comebacks what was it like to live that season?
1: Oh, man, it was was pretty crazy. Um, It's one of those things where it's like, I don't know how we keep doing it, but we do. And uh, that locker room, that staff, the organization is just top tier. So when you go into a game trusting in one another, believing in one another the way that we did, anything is possible. And, you know, we were able to showcase that time and time again last year. I think we have a lot of the great pieces that we need. Um, and coming into year two of this system. Um, this is gonna be a new system for our defense, but it's which I think is gonna be amazing for them. Uh, but year two for our offense, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be one of those things where, you know, we already now know where we need to improve, what we did good, what we can be better at. And so I think it's gonna be one of those things that just kind of um is a is a year for us to really prove that, you know we can make a run at this thing and I mean last year it felt like we could um the chips didn't fall our way but hey you know now we have another opportunity ahead of us to play another 17 games and and try and get into the big dance at the end
0: now I was going to say that was kind of my last question like looking ahead to this season you know I don't imagine you guys are going to go 11 and 0 in one score games again that's possible but you know the you're you're a really smart guy. You know the the law of averages probably means you're going to probably regress to to the mean a little bit more. How do you sustain the the winning while probably understanding that you can't keep winning exactly the way you won last year?
1: Yeah, I mean we we that's one thing that we know we have to we have to come out early and and put our foot on people's necks and and really try and just dominate these games. You know, it's one of those things that a couple times last year, a lot of times last year, we're playing from a a point where, uh, you know, we might not start as fast or we start fast and then we have a little bit of a low or whatever it might be. We have to just try and be as consistent as we can coming out, starting fast, um, getting up on the scoreboard every time we're in the red zone, making sure that we try and finish each drive uh, with points on the board. It's just things like that that we have to just make sure that we're all on our P's and Q's and everybody's on the same page. And I think that, uh, right now, it's looking good just through OTAs, just looking good as far as being on the same page. Everyone's looking good. And then defensive side of the ball looks like a whole new monster. So uh, I'm pretty excited for this season.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of people are. And you, this is like the downtime for a lot of players, but you're spending it, giving back, doing all these camps. That's pretty cool. Um, I admire you for that. So best of luck with this, with the camp in San Bernardino, the one coming up in Boise in a few weeks. And uh, we'll be sure to, to to chat more down the road, Alexander. Take care, okay?
1: Thank you. I really appreciate you.
0: Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Alexander Madison, Vikings running back. Big year for him coming up, like he and I talked about. I mean, they should have a lot of opportunity for him now that Dalvin Cook is no longer here. They've made a lot of overtures about how much they like Alexander Madison in the past, his durability, his consistency. And you know, I think the bottom line with this team is Dalvin Cook will hit you a lot of Home runs, a lot of big swings, a lot of big runs, if we might borrow a uh, a baseball metaphor to, to, to carry over to football. Too many times, though, Dalvin Cook getting stopped for negative yards or no gain. This offense is not set up to be second and 10, second and 11. A lot of teams in the NFL are not set up to be that way, but especially this one with Kirk Cousins, not very mobile, with the offensive line still, I think, average at best, even with all the investment they've put into it. Alexander Madison will get you into a lot more second and six, second and five, second and seven even. Those are much more manageable downs. Dalvin Cook will get you 60 yards, but he'll also get you zero yards. He'll get you into those obvious passing situations where Kirk Cousins is in trouble. A lot of times those lead straight to those three and outs or turnovers, sacks, things like that put you behind the eight ball. Let's see how consistent Madison can be with those runs this season, getting them into better second down. Even third down situations, getting them those tough yards this year—that's what I'm going to be watching for. I think that's what they want out of Alexander Madison. That I think they know he is not going to be the same explosive runner. I think he's only got you know just not very many runs of over 20 yards in his career. Um, so that's not going to be his game. But they don't think they necessarily need that from him, at least not on a day in and day out basis. So watch for that this year. Watch for how that plays out. How how many more times they feel like he is getting them the yards that are there versus uh, versus getting stopped you know, for zero or no gain, because I think that will really help their passing game, help their offensive line, things like that. So that's what Madison brings to the table. Let's finish with the cooler. Like I said at the beginning, I feel like maybe I didn't articulate something clearly enough about my thoughts about Valley Sports North continuing to show Twins games for the rest of this season and how that's a win for the Twins in the short term because it makes sure they don't lose... Upwards of eleven million dollars this year on their TV contract. That would be the difference between what Bally owed them or what Diamond owed them, and what uh, Major League Baseball would cover if Major League Baseball took over operations of the game. I talked about how that's a win for the Twins, but a loss for fans because had Major League Baseball taken over, they would have uh, they would have given fans a direct consumer streaming option. Um, and I, I quoted a fan who who emailed saying he's a father of three, he's thirty nine years old, he wants. He wants that direct-to-consumer option. I have a few people email me saying, "Oh, you know, poor guy. Um, you know, he doesn't want to pay the money to get the channels, things like that." Um, you know, a lot of us do that. We shouldn't be left in the dark either. Yes, I agree with that. You should have both. This is not a either-or. This is not a. Uh, this is not a yeah, but this is an and proposition. If Major League Baseball comes in, there will be an and. You will still be able to get all these games. The same way you traditionally get them through cable and through satellite. That is not going away. That is still where the vast majority of people are going to get it. That is still where the vast majority of the money is going to be made. But we are in 2023 right now. The option, the technology exists, has existed for years now for you to be able to get the games directly for a price if, 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 if they are available, if they are made available, if there is a way to do that. Right now, Valley Sports does not have that opportunity with Major League Baseball because of the contract with the Twins. Um, what I'm saying is, if Major League Baseball takes over, or if by some, you know, compromise the Twins sign a new deal with Valley Sports for 2024 and beyond, a direct consumer option has to be a part of it, and I think it will be a part of it. Those people who have cut the cord, who no longer have cable, those people should have access to the games too for a fee every month. Everybody else who gets it through cable and satellite, they should still have it too, and they will still have it too for a fee for part of your overall cable and satellite package. But this is what I'm saying. you got to have both. In this day and age, you got to have both. Everybody who's cut the cord has to have that option, and the, and the people who haven't cut the cord need to have that option as well. That'll do it for today. Good stuff coming up the rest of the week. Enjoy the rest of your Wednesday.
1: Back at it again tomorrow.